<laughs> Thank you, Internet. <laughs> Thank you, Easter Bunny. Bark, bark. <laughs> Welcome to Ear and Loathing, uh, where some of us are healthier than others. <laughs> you, it's you to judge. Leave it up to you, America. Yeah. You judge. Whose performance is suffering today? You tell us. <laughs> but there is good news. We are now at uh, episode number, well, let's let's let these guys say it. 11. These go to 11. Oh, sorry. I totally stepped just on stepped that. on my joke. I That's didn't right. know. I didn't cue me. I didn't. <laughs> Try to well, Strike, a, take two. Let's, let's do. Let's do. Take two. Let's do it. We've, we've only just take two. It's funnier when we fuck up. I think. <laughs> By we, I mean you. But it's a spinal tap joke. I want to hear it. Let's right. do it. <laughs> All right, take two. You know what episode we're on, guys? Which one? No. These go to eleven. That's right. Episode nice. eleven. Ha ha ha! What a surprise! Nice. Uh, by the way, that that take was ruined by a dog in the background too. So I just can't win over here. I'm Sick. I'm I'm trying to as as the poster in the seventies used to say, it's impossible to soar with eagles when you work with turkeys. <laughs> I was gonna say, hang in there, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's also it's the. Uh, it's, it's impossible what, it's, to soar with eagles when you work with turkeys. <laughs> this is city living, baby. It's city oh living. That's what happens. That's, right. that's the the urban hellscape of Aaron's oh, neighborhood. That's right. Remember, that's what goes on. Remember when everybody was a turkey on every cop yeah, show. Right. Freeze, turkey. <laughs> yeah, like he's like, a turkey, and and that poster would be up in the boss's office. Yeah, and listen, turkey. Basically, call you'd walk in into his office, and he would he'd basically be calling you a turkey, right? Mm-hmm. Right, a turkey. Yeah, I, you know, I would be soaring with eagles if it wasn't for this asshole Damon this, walking this, this, in this and, and ruining everything. This turkey, it's usually Paul Servino. <laughs> <laughs> he's had it up to here. Oh my God! And of course, in, in, in the same breath with Rickles, hey hockey puck, yeah, right. this hockey puck. <laughs> you know, kind of sounds like fuck, but you know, right, I mean? right. Hey, leather toe. What does that even mean? I don't. What that leather heard, toe? What is that? I never heard that. What's leather? <laughs> I don't know what is that. Who said leather toe? I just made it up. Well, okay. <laughs> Cut from that that kind of cop show to Dennis Franz throwing his ass around all over the place, all over town for a brief period of time on oh, NYPD right. Blue. Right, everything was ass when you could say ass on TV. Well, no, no, finally, his well, ass, his oh, ass, his oh, bare oh. ass, his ass. Oh, really? Yes, his, his literal right. ass. Oh, and of all asses oh, to break does, the ass barrier. Yeah, why? Why, <laughs> why sling Franz's dumb ass? Listen, around? during the eighties, I was out. I was out on the town at yeah. night. I was didn't have a TV. Sorted that out. <laughs> yeah, George figured out pretty quick. You're not going to see Connie Selka's ass. You're more likely going to see Dennis yes. Franz. George was out at the Licks Array show. At the- <laughs> Look, guys, I'd like to see Connie Selica's ass, but I got this Lillian Axe show at the country club. (laughs) All right. So uh, today is uh, I will be the uh, torture victim. You guys are going to send me down, down, down to the torture chamber. And uh, this this is not going to end well. But but first we carry on. 
we're going into the <laughs> first. We're gonna mosey over to our buddy, who's Clem uh, Clemson. Yeah, Clem Clemson, who's uh, sitting on a porch. Aren't you right gonna now. introduce the people on the, oh, on the squad? See, there's just so much going on. All right, so <laughs> talking about Dennis Franz's ass, there's you so got lost in his ass. On. Yeah, come on, just, you know. I got distracted by an ass. All right, so with me in the room is Aaron Lothing's resident media darling. Say hello. Hi, I'm George White. When I say get mo, you say bros. Get mo. Bros. Very good. <laughs> That's our new chant. And calling in from the North Star. He's my North Star. He's your North Star. George still on the fence, but leaning towards him being his <laughs> yes. North Star. Yes. Say hello. Hey <laughs> I had a bit to do there, but I'm so addled that I couldn't get it together. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell 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 listeners what's going on, Aaron, with you. Tell them. Come on. Um, I'm, I'm I'm currently negative with the vid, but uh, I'm symptomatic, and so uh, I feel like fucking like an asshole. But like I'm Dennis Franz's ass. <laughs> Dennis, I feel like a Franz hole. I feel like Dennis Franz's bare ass. <laughs> That doesn't what sound do good. Do? Feels like it has a mustache too, doesn't it? Like yeah. it just ugh. here. Uh, okay, Damon. Yeah. Say, 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 introduce me again. Oh, we're gonna do this again. Sure. Yeah. Just yeah. Okay. Um, calling in from the North Star. He's my North Star. He's your North Star. He's he's the Yeoman Purser of the North Star. Say hello. Oh, no, he's doing <laughs> he's doing some shtick. Wow. Wow. That Long was... walk, little dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so your your bit was a, a, an old-timey phone? An old-timey phone. <laughs> <laughs> Even a phone before the old-timey phones that we understand. It because was of like the a... way I've been introducing myself, I decided to replace it with, uh, with a, a sound effect. <laughs> I love that when it comes within five minutes of, of the introduction. <laughs> well, it was playing and it, you couldn't hear it, but it was, it was totally playing on this end. It was bizarre. But if you'd been there. It yeah. was really funny. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Fuck you guys. <laughs> it's a day. <laughs> Aaron, do you need me podcast. to have like have that sound effect over here and play it for you when when I introduce you? I don't care. <laughs> I don't. I don't care. I Fuck don't it. care. I don't care. All right. So, Aaron's here. George yep. is here. Damon's here. The Gitmo Bros have gathered together. We are the number one rockers forever. And yeah. this is the this is the part <laughs> of the program where we go we we uh, kind of wander up to our friend Clem Clemson, who's currently stuffing his pipe, and uh, has something to say to us. Hi there. Welcome to Kibitz Corner. Some weeks I like him better than others. I'm I'm kind of uh, I'm I'm all right with with Clem this week. I've had enough you know, of them. I've had you know, enough of that fucking guy. To that point, to <laughs> that point about liking Clem. him, I, I usually think he's an asshole. But today, I was I was thinking about you know Clem. We 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 give him a lot of shit, but he calls it Clem Clemson's kibitz corner, uh, using a bit of Yiddish. And so, if he's saying that, then he uh, he's probably down and and responsive to people of the Jewish faith, with which you know sometimes people aren't. So you got to love him because he is. Well, that's the, the he's not giving our, my brothers, my my Jewish brothers, a hard time. Yeah, the, this the the kind of weird irony when it came to the the production decisions I was making when I made sure. the Clem Clemson clip, yeah. the Kibitz Corner clip, is yes, Kibitz is a Yiddish word, mm-hmm. and uh, the what they call the jaw harp, which is also called the Jew's harp, the Jews, right? It, not but, Jews. but it's funny, like Jews. That, that's, it's a Jewish. I don't. I don't know why it's called. Is it a Jewish instrument? Do they use it in Yiddish? That bow, 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 I guess. Yeah. But 
it's it's used in country music a lot. So oh, yeah. you're actually hearing it in the mix. And yeah. I thought, well, it's called a Jew's harp sometimes. And I'm saying kibitz, and it's also kind of a hillbilly thing, like kibitz corner. So <laughs> I thought that was a that was interesting that you brought that up, Aaron, because there is there's definitely a, a blending of cultures in that in that clip and in, in Clem's mind. And by the way, yeah. that's America for you. And I'll go one step further. A lot of my Jewish brothers and sisters came and lived down south uh, when they came over. So there you go. Yeah. Makes sense. It's Maybe Clem's Jewish. You don't know. For all you know. Yeah. Yeah. Lahayim. A, a Hebrew in the woodpile, as it were. <laughs> that was his autobiography. <laughs> Damon, what do you have for us today as far as a, something to, to kibitz about, I do have if a, you will. a kibitz, a kibitz <laughs> discussion, and, and it's appropriate for today. Mm-hmm. Today is, we're recording this on Mother's Day. You're probably going to hear it like three or four weeks after that. But, Shout out to the hot mamas. Yeah. Oh, that was creepy. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> they should have that day. That day's every day, though. Mama's day. Because yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. always down with mamas. Are you hot, mama? You sure look that way to me. <laughs> well, you sure look that way to me. Because you sure look that way to me. Uh, Tell me. So speaking. <laughs> are you hot, mama? <laughs> uh, he demands an answer. It does, yeah. Uh, okay. Here's an interesting uh, notion that I came up with, for, especially for today and Mother's Day. Mm. What were the genres of music, the actual artists that you grew up listening to f- from both your, even though it's not Father's Day, we're going to include dad in this wow. discussion, from both your mother and your father? And what were the takeaways, meaning the negative and the positive takeaways? Meaning, did, there's some, ba- you look back and you go, oh yeah, my dad used to play it all the time and I love that shit. So it just kind of stuck with me. And some of the stuff you just rejected outright. So mom and dad, and both I'm assuming all three of us grew up in two different houses. So you might have gotten two different styles of music in in, in both houses, right? So uh, let's start with uh, with George. How about you tell us about mom and dad? What did you take? What did you listen to back then uh, that they played? Yeah. And then what did you t- what did you take with you through the rest of your life? Uh, this is going to be a sort of a non-answer in some ways because yeah, I grew up in pretty much one household. Okay, I went to visit my dad in the summers, but. My he didn't dad, play music? He did not. He just, I almost have, I, no, not almost. I have zero. He just didn't. My dad is not a music fan. Okay. If you want to talk to somebody for a long time about politics or jokes or law, he's your guy. Yeah. But not. Uh, not even in the car. He would put no, it on the AM station or something. No, like he, and, and my parents are probably a little older than yours. Okay. Like my parents are from the 50s. Me, meaning. Like, we're in high school in the 50s. Okay. No, that's my dad. Is it? Okay. Yeah. And my dad just maybe Elvis Presley a little bit, but not... Yeah. My dad's... It's all, this is Southern, too. My mom, um, you know, it's some things... I'm trying to think the record she had, the... Um, God, she she loved Diana Ross. That's all I can think of. And I, the two stories I can think of is this, is for, for years, I tell people she tried to make me gay by taking me to... Um, <laughs> To, to many to many Broadway productions, like we sat second row for like uh, all those things in the seventies. We saw Chorus Line three times. Wow, she loved that. That was a big thing between. So us. show tunes, yeah, was uh, her thing. Beatlemania, Annie, Sophisticated Ladies, Dreamgirls. Okay. And finally, when I was about fifteen, she took me to goddamn the uh, the beautiful theater on, on Hollywood Boulevard, the ornate. Pantages or Pantages, yeah, yeah, and it was Dream Girl. No, sorry, it was um, Sugar Babies. Uh oh. And Ann Miller's still alive. Like Ann Miller's out there, seventy-five years old, fucking hoofing it. And Mickey Rooney's in the show. Wow. And, and what was his? I always remember Mickey Rooney's joke. Um, 
I danced with my right leg, I danced with my left leg, and I made a lot of money in between. Whoa. <laughs> Vaudeville. <laughs> yeah, Mickey Rooney was a coxman. Yeah, he was a coxman. And and anyway, we, we, we had a lot of uh, between us. And I remember also, you know, I loved Kiss and Aerosmith and all that. And my mom basically wanted maybe on the 8-track to listen to Percy Faith. You know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, or Arthur Fiedler. <laughs> and, and yeah, and and I, uh, but we could agree on the Little River Band. Okay. Reminiscing came on. It was a detente between us. Yeah. Like, okay, the Ven, the Venn diagram. Yeah, exactly. I'll listen yeah. to this. All right, reminiscing. Yeah. Cool. Well, this is. I can. We can both get with my mom. Loved Peter Allen. <laughs> wow, these are names that like I yeah. vaguely uh, right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I know. Yeah. So I don't have much. That's 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 the answer I have there. I'm sure you guys have better ones. Well, you but... form. Okay, then let me ask you this follow up. You must. So you obviously formed your own taste in music for the most part. But yes. did you? Did you? go through the rest of your life enjoying Broadway tunes or hating them or just sort of tolerating them or Oh know. no, I hate Broadway music so bad okay. I, I couldn't, you know Even was, though you were even is it because though, you were force fed it or you just never liked it in the first place? I do I can't answer that. I don't know. Yeah. I just I do not like show tunes at all. Mm-hmm. There's really simply a, no way of knowing that answer. There's no way of knowing the answer. <laughs> I, I I don't know. It was, I guess it was a it was a positive thing going, you know, um out with my mom and, and feeling yeah. like an adult, like yeah. going to Century City to the uh, Dorothy, Ch- not Dorothy Chandler. What's the one in Century City? Mm, oh, the remember. Schubert. The Schubert. Going to going to the yeah. Schubert and seeing all these things and sitting third row and you know there's no other kids there but me basically you know like it, and that felt good but the music I did not you know and I will say I did like probably Beatlemania a little bit better because at least it had music that I could. Relate to. Relate to a little bit. Like I knew, you know, what come together was and, you know, et cetera. And that kind of thing. But no wonder you have a dim view of the Beatles, though, because that was your Beatles. uh, In in, in a lot. My mom did have that record. um, All things must pass. Oh, George Harrison. This is a solo record. Yeah. 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 And oddly, when she when she died, when she passed in 2012, I um, the song that came to me that still comes to me today is. um, Yeah. I build this all up then can't remember the song. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> From the George Harrison? George Harrison song. His big song. Uh, 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 My Sweet Lord? Here Comes the Sun. Oh, that's on a Beatles album. Yeah. Okay. Somehow that reminds me of her. And when she passed, it came on and made me feel like she was there. Oh, good. And I don't know why. So maybe that's something. I mean, I yeah. Yeah, right. well, that's a sweet, wistful, yeah. hopeful song. And uh, It is, and, right. And yeah. then it's... Uh, memory that you take and you don't have a detail oriented mind about the Beatles. Why you, you spent that on other things. And uh, <laughs> so when it happens, that's the one it's a, it's a great memory song. It's better that for you than something like something from fucking dream girls or something that right, right. you don't have any relationship with. <laughs> I want to be a dream girl for one night only. Be- better that than tits and ass from chorus line. <laughs> <laughs> fucking chorus line. Jesus. Three Jesus. times. Saw it three times. <laughs> Uh, so, well, actually, that was a nice, nice little ending to that story, yeah, which was like, yeah. he, you know, we don't, we don't usually get poignant here on uh, Aaron Loathing. <laughs> so that was nice. Anyway, what about you guys? Uh, I'll, I'll go, I'll go fairly quickly because, uh, both my parents were into f- folky music a lot. Yeah. Like, uh, my dad was heavy into, uh, the Kingston Trio, oh. Leonard Cohen, I remember a lot of Gordon Lightfoot, Simon and Garfunkel, Bob Dylan. Yeah. Um, 
And my dad pretty much rejected rock music. I mean, he just, he, he, wow. it was almost like his thing was folk <laughs> music. And when it switched over to rock and the Beatles and stuff, he just like hard no on that. Wow. And my mom huh. ended up having a much more open mind uh, about stuff. And even into the 80s when we would be playing our weird kind of new wave music and stuff, she was interested in that stuff. But she she mostly was kind of like stuck with her, you know, her Doobie Brothers and mm. and her her Linda Ronstadt and, and uh, you know, Steely Dan, whatever was in the 70s that was huge back then, the Eagles yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. She was that that was always kind of playing. super tramp. Yeah, that's all that <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And to the point where uh, I don't know if she's going to listen to this. <laughs> she's giving me shit about the first episode. <laughs> I wonder why. And the Beach Boys manager. I wonder why. <laughs> so who knows if she's going to listen to this? But the but Beach there was Boys. there was something Sorry. there was something that that uh, annoyed me and my sister once that we observed, and it was if you guys remember the movie The Big Chill, yeah, and it's a bunch of boomers, uh, you know, dealing with uh, youth being over, and we're we're facing our forties, and how do we? get through this and and there's one scene where they're cleaning up the kitchen and and, oh. and the temptations are playing and they're and they're bumping <laughs> hips as they as they pass plates to each other and stuff and it's aggravating to watch that in a movie and then watching your mom and her family like reenact that oh god but not 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 ironically or anything actually enjoying it and cranking music up and and dancing around they're cleaning the kitchen it's just i wanted us yeah i wanted to fucking kill myself me and my sister's rolling our eyes wow that's a tough one so anyway uh, you should make a movie about your generation seeing that (laughs) called the shit chills yeah i don't know (laughs) um so so that was that was sort of annoying but um that's just i don't know i mean i would i can imagine that my nieces and nephews watch me with a wow. couple with a couple pops in me and and you know going off about about the police or something and they're just rolling their eyes too so i i don't really hold that against them it was annoying at the time but yeah. what are you gonna do it was by, by the way it wasn't even bad music they were playing it was perfectly yeah. good music it, it was the reenacting the movie scene that really <laughs> pushed me over the edge but uh for the most part my mom had a really cool way more open-minded than my dad about music like my dad really was really it's difficult unless um a band that you're playing for him has has a folky tinge to it. Like it could, he could like a Rolling Stones song, but it has to be one of their folky songs. You Maybe know? even Led Zeppelin. Yeah, he yeah. might even like <clears throat> yeah. like go, like going to California yeah, or something right. until what, the part yeah. where Robert Plant starts screaming like dissonantly. Yeah, yeah. Like he's my dad's gonna go turn that off. <laughs> but up to that, go point, back to the folky part. <laughs> up to that point, he's gonna. He's gonna enjoy it. So interesting. Uh, so what the, the takeaway from that was? Yeah, I, I really, as Aaron knows, lean heavily into the folky stuff. I love it still. So I, I do appreciate that influence on my taste. Um, it stuck. So, yeah, it stuck in in that's a good, good way. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So Aaron, uh, give I, I kind of know some of Aaron's, but I'm gonna let him reveal it. Yeah. Um, I heavy, heavy, heavy Bob Dylan coming in our house. Uh, when I was growing up and uh, the Beatles and as a result, I uh, got the Beatles inside my DNA uh, stones to um, a lot of Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, these are all sort of the good ones, uh, you know, Jerry Jeff Walker and Willie um, some of the, some of the more sort of rebelly country artists too. And that was sort of from both of them. And then from my mom brought, a lot of influence of like piano players, sort of like, uh, you know, Keith Jarrett and 
because uh, um, my mom was a piano player growing up, and she was she was pretty extraordinary, and 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 then she sort of just put that to bed. But she was, she was fascinated by by piano players, and so as a result, we got Randy Newman in the house. We got uh, we got all that Elton John, so, yeah, Elton John. You know, all like that sort of prime years. And so I certainly took that away from it and it informed me. So I have a notion about harmony because of listening to my dad sing harmony to harmonies. Um, and, and again, my dad would play guitar around the house and, and, and do, and I could, and I could hear harmony in that. And so those were my big takeaways. Um, one of the other ones was stand up comedy that they grew up listening to. So I had a steady, steady diet. We didn't have a television in the house. I didn't have a television until I was like in double digits. Um, and so as a result, I like had a rope, but (laughs) (laughs) no TV. You were a fucking hippie. (laughs) Yeah. So instead of television, I had, and being an only child and being alone from time to time, I had a real closeness. So the reason, the way I listened to podcasts just over and over and over again, as sort of a meditation, I treated my comedy that way too. Like George Carlin was a big deal for us. Uh, Bill Cosby, Shelley Berman, and Jonathan Winters. Oh, and it just wow. sort of blew my goddamn mind um, and would just r- memorize all of it. And so by the time I got, and that became a big deal because when it came time to go meet people and become friends and start to get sort of more sophisticated friends as opposed to let's go outside and play friends, like Damon and I were already speaking the same language when I met him my first day of high school. Which was is handy <laughs> when you're meeting somebody because you kind of already know somebody. Kids are a bit like that, anyways. But like we were in each other's pocket pretty quick, and you know, thanks to that. So I, I, I'm appreciative of them. And had there been a television around, um, it would have been harder to find that. I think you know, um, maybe, maybe not. But uh, but it was in real good, and so I took all that from me, and it informs me every fucking single day. Uh, there are things that I didn't like was there was the chorus line around it funny from from hippies that there is there were plays around i think mom liked or musicals i think my mom liked a chorus line though because it sort of spoke to her growing up i think and uh so that and i did not like that didn't like any of that um and musical theater in general i didn't care for i saw a veto with her uh i remember that too yep so, you know, those are the things I could have done less. So like there was some stuff that my dad was into that Roy Pipitone was probably into like Pentangle and and some of the more sort of ponderous acoustic stuff that like I just couldn't relate to at all. Even then, you're like Tim Buckley. Yeah, I was like, I, I can't. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> I can't relate to it. Like, <laughs> it's hard to not relate to things like. It's, it's easy to sort of feel like you're closed-minded, but then you go like, but I, here I am, a fucking infant digging on Simon and Garfunkel and other soft, tiny, well-crafted, small music. So, like, it's something else is happening. So, who knows? Hmm. Let me uh, let me close this, uh, Aaron, to bring a, something back to you by saying, dance 10 looks three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just wears me Look- out. Little chorus line for you. <laughs> God, I hope I get it. God, I hope I get it. <laughs> Fucking shut up. We used I hate to have that the style of Broadway show. Give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. Yeah. <laughs> I remember going, once going to Oklahoma, a live 
uh, oh. version of Oklahoma, which was not fine. I was a kid, and there's there's a lot of funny jokes in it and stuff, yeah. and, and the music yeah. was very catchy. Yeah. But I don't remember going to any uh, actual shows, but we had a lot of soundtracks. Like, oh, yeah. I, we used to listen to my dad used to put on Fiddler on the Roof all the time. Oh, yeah. And yeah. and Oliver, the original stage production, mm-hmm. which I, to this day I we still love that. that yeah. That uh, you know, I do anything for you. Right, did right. anything for, you. and so yeah, yeah. That, that I guess yeah. I was exposed to some of that that soundtrack stuff, but it was. I always... remember that that album cover of Oliver. We had that in the house. It was a maroon. I remember that in my head. Yeah, crazy. We don't have. We didn't have that one in our. <laughs> no, I missed Oliver, guys. I missed Oliver. <laughs> I was uh, I was on my I was probably on my uh, my third showing of uh, Dreamgirls by then. I don't <laughs> No, you were on your way to go see Paradise at Gazzari's. <laughs> Paradise. <laughs> You're telling them out today Lixeray. I was on my way the to see show. Sarge. <laughs> yeah, the whole show is me going to be bagging on you by picking other dumb names and Lixeray. putting you in a different club. <laughs> and, and I and I can't front cuz I saw all these bands you are talking about. Right, yeah. <laughs> I was on my way to see Black and Blue. I, I would make fun cut. of you guys, but I remember going to see Lickety Split. Lickety Split, yeah, Lickety Split. I don't remember that one. Was yeah. that really a band? Okay, yeah. that was a, that was. Those are guys we knew. Oh, we knew them. Yeah. Oh. Did you beat them up because of the name of their band? <laughs> no, they they would beat us up because oh. we were the we were the little kids and they were, they were oh. older dudes and oh they were like the older brothers. Some of the guys, yeah. I'm not going to say their names. I, I know their names. I'm not going to say them. But that was one of those bands that when music crossed over from glam you know sunset strip to yeah. grunge yeah those same guys who two weeks before had been wearing like yeah. spandex and yeah. and and pink shirts and everything yeah. were suddenly wearing flannels and, oh. and their hair was all in their face and everything and i'm looking at you allison chains <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but i saw that live like guys i knew yeah that were that had, had that crossed over oh yeah aaron at least we stayed the same <laughs> it yeah. wasn't it wasn't good but it was consistent yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. we always were stupid right. <laughs> wait by saying the same what did you guys stay with i don't understand we were just like we a just... scrappy little punk pop punk yeah. band oh oh with and, the monas yeah okay yeah. okay i see yeah and uh that was that was uh our, our sound never changed or anything we weren't really following any trends we just were doing what we were doing and you know no one was buying what we were selling but at least we weren't trying to hop on every new bandwagon <laughs> if no one's along. buying what you're selling it's easy to not let down your fans <laughs> <laughs> by the way it just reminds me of, of, of a time when so you guys just said you were pop punk is that what you were saying or kind of yeah yeah because there was a whole time where um when the glam scene in the early 80s it was uh it turned to you know power pop we're power pop. Oh, okay. It turned to that. Right. Where it was very like it was okay to cover like the Archie's sugar sugar. Right. As it, long as they had, had a heavy, heavy gu- guitar. Yeah, and yeah. It, right. That was okay. all fine. We're almost back to Evan Dando and Mrs. Yeah. Robinson here. <laughs> <laughs> We've come full circle. Mm-hmm. So I guess, guys, thanks to thanks to your uh your articulate and, and heartfelt descriptions, I can uh, I can definitely say this. I have my answer. I have my answer. I love your drops. <laughs> They're so bad. <laughs> you don't like my drops? Bring hello. <laughs> I, don't, I gotta get my phone all rigged up so I can have some drops. I don't. I don't. I'm I a like drops bling. guy. I like Aaron's b- b- vocal bling better than his sound effect bling. <laughs> yeah, lesson learned. You know what? Trust what's coming out of your face. <laughs> so, all right. I guess now. Um, 
we've wrapped up the kibitz corner and that means our next destination is uh mm-hmm. taking a little trip mm-hmm. down to the old tc down, yeah down, torture chamber okay i'm not gonna bullshit you okay i don't really give a good fuck what you know or don't know but i'm gonna torture you anyway suffering I didn't, I just now I just noticed after last episode that she says anguish. <laughs> it took you 11 episodes to figure that out. I was listening to the other. I was listening to the hook. The words here. I was listening to that part. I to Every that episode yet. is somebody's first episode. This happens to be George's. This is me yeah. mine, right? It all, the light came on for me. For most of our <laughs> listeners, their first episode is also their last. <laughs> anguish. I caught one. I caught your act once. So okay. I went. Second with Bobby Blansboro. Did you? I thought yeah. I was second today. Okay. No, yeah. no. Well, I went second because uh, we yeah. did Aaron last I week, and second. I went first. So I think you have to go first this time. Yes, George. that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I so thought, George right, is first. Wait. Is that correct or not? Uh, the last. Uh, yeah, I don't give a shit. Yeah, do it that way, baby. Mine's best second too. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly. <laughs> So if I screw that up, I'm sorry. I don't. I, I don't know. This is. Man, this, I don't give a uh, shit. We need a chart or something. I think one of these days we'll figure. That. I know. We we algorithm need a chart. Or, we need algorithm proven, or an Excel we've spreadsheet. Proven that it doesn't matter. We've proven that <laughs> it doesn't it. that it doesn't really matter. And so now it's just between gentlemen. The science yeah. is there. <laughs> it's a soft science. It's a soft science. All right. So I'm going to go George first. That's the decision. Yes, that's the decision. George. By the way, Do right. It. Right now, the score is Damon four, Aaron and George three. So one of you guys is going to pull ahead of the other guy and tie me for first. Mm-hmm. Okay. That same guy, I believe, can. Oh no, George can't. Because I'm next week. I'm in. You can't pull ahead. You gotta. You really gotta pick up your game, George. I know. I, do. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta talk to my people. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I have a team working on this, and still I'm. Lo- I got to, some heads are gonna roll. I'm fucking at it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so George Torture, here we go. I'm in the torture chamber, yeah, full this, of dread. This requires no introduction. Shaking my boots. You're going to know this go. right away. And oh, boy. Make you oh, sick. boy. I already see it. <laughs> Holy shit. Right away. Here we go. <laughs> if you pick the top video, it's got a bit of a, a head on it, too. Like it's a, yeah, French. Oh, God. I'd like to set you up. <laughs> Color me bad. And they, they just, show, I got it. It sucks when the video comes on because you can't help but watch it. But they're called Color Me Bad. We'll get into the song in a second, yeah. but they just panned across these the, the five of the wimpiest looking guys I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Yes, they're real, just kind of little fruitcakes. Yep. And why you would call your band "Color Me Bad" with that with two with, D's? Yeah, two with, D's with two yeah. D's. Yeah. And oh. yeah. And th- th- by the way, speaking of the song, of course I I know of this song, and and I've obviously heard it in my many years on this planet, but yes. This is another one that I I can't tell you anything about it. Yeah. I want to sex you up. That's it, right? Yeah, that's it. But that's all I know. I've never sat through this whole goddamn song. Well, good luck, my friend. I'll say this in the, uh, in, the in the words of Hans Gruber: "You wanted a miracle, I give you the CMB." <laughs> <laughs> 
Was he referring to this? <laughs> no, he oh. said FBI. No, oh. <laughs> All right. Artistic license. Yes. All right, here we go. And that's, correct me if I'm wrong, that's a, a sample, the chords. It's like... Um, yes, yeah. Is it a uh, war or what, who just, what song is that in the I background? I don't remember now. There's a, I have to look it up. Yeah. Aaron, you hear that, right? That, yeah. that those chords mm, or, or no, it's probably uh, the, the rascals grooving no. on a sunny afternoon. It's not no? any of that. No, the, the, the sample, the, the first samples, uh, slick Rick. Um, but the chord changes, you know? Yeah, no, it's from a song and now I can't remember. It's it. like, Keep who, going who did the, you. who did the Marvin Gaye? chords was that, that was that uh who's the red-haired kid uh ed ed sheeran the, the reddit the red-headed kid you know the kid is anyone following my my uh completely disjointed train of thought here no, little ronnie not, howard I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no red-headed kid uh, opie the when guys take a chord from a famous song and then write a new song on it i think that's going on here right yeah they did yeah. Okay. So I'm not. You guys are acting like I'm an idiot. No, I kind no. of. All right. Hey, look. Uh, time's a waste in TikTok. You don't stop. Uh, so <laughs> here we go. Come inside, take off your coat. I'll make you feel at home. Now let's pour a glass of wine, cause now we're all alone. I've been waiting for my so just let me hold you close to me. Strawberry letter twenty three. What does that mean? That's where That's the sample the brothers is from. Johnson. That's where the no, um, a guy named Shuggy Otis wrote it. Oh, Shuggy Otis, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, but maybe Johnson the brothers Johnson did it. Did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Strawberry Letter Twenty Three, and then the Shuggy other sample Otis is, is the shit. Yeah, and then the other he auditioned is, for the Stones, by the way, in that period of time before, after Mick Taylor, he was in the batch of people. Oh, <laughs> nice. And that's why I know that. Any balls. And then <laughs> Betty writes, "Tonight is the night." Yeah, is the other, that's a great is song. The other other sample in here, and then of course Slick Rick's "La Di Da." Okay, TikTok, you know. <laughs> they, they sampled a lot of really good songs and end up with, uh, with this. That that's kind of weird. Well, Sometimes going, I'll tell you the story. Too much of a good the, thing. <laughs> yeah. This vocal chain sounds like. A, a a boyfriend like a metalhead boyfriend goofing on his girlfriend's dumb music right right and he's going <laughs> and like, that's his imitation no not that but that oh. but never going anywhere and just yeah. making fun of her yeah <laughs> with his fucking judas priest jacket on what is you that? leave her alone keith <laughs> what year is this 92 92 okay yeah. i mean that 1992 you'd think Bands would know better than to do songs like this, but no one ever learns. Girl, you make me feel real good. We can do it till we both wake up. <laughs> so they're going to do it in their sleep. That's this how much really, they're going to do it. This is really a terrible idiot. song. I think. I hope you guys hate it as much as I do. I really hate this song. Girl, you know I'm hooked on you. Is there a uh, look? I, I'm sorry. I'm referring to the video. I can't help it. But is I'm trying to say this politically correct. Right, the song is a is a guy ostensibly singing to a girl. He just said, "Girl, I'm going to sex you up." Yes. I don't get who thought this was cool. Like, do gir- did girls back then think these guys were cool and say? I know yes. teeny bopper girls yes. did, but didn't if I was a well, if I was a 
a girl and I saw these guys, I'd be creeped out. Well, they, so their their goal was, which I read about, was that um, they're they're trying to go between boy band and and then hip hop doo wop. That's what they're trying to do. Like which boys to men kind which, of which, stuff. Which, right, exactly. Which basically an, uh, lands you at New Jack Swing. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I could tell by the beat. It's yeah, like, and that's and that's what. And so what happened is this was a complete accident and ended up in New Jack City, the movie. Okay. And it was the biggest hit off the record. And they didn't have, they barely had a record deal then. And everybody, a guy named Dr. Freeze, who's I think really a Swedish guy, mm-hmm. wrote this track. And he'd written uh, Poison for Belle Biv DeVoe. Remember that one? And a few others, but that was the main one he had done. And he offered this song t- out to everybody. To, and Belle Bidvo turned it down and Keith Sweat and everybody else that would do this kind of thing. But then these guys who are from Oklahoma City, um, they sort of forced it on them and said, you're going to do this. And they put it on the they put it on New Jack City and it became this giant hit. And then they had to rush album into production to finish it because yeah. they they didn't realize this. No one thought this would as many songs like this that are hits. Yeah. Nobody thought everyone turned it down. Nobody wanted to do it. Right. Because obviously you just, you just read that title. And I think anybody would go, well, I don't know. Do you have another one or what you, <laughs> <laughs> you want to sex me up? So what? Yeah. You know, and, uh, and that's how this got to be a big hit. Kind of sounds like that thing that we ran into before where there's certain things that people arrive at phrase wise, where like in this case, it was came from a Swedish fella. I think he's so Swedish, some yeah. of the phrases won't be, it sort of makes it like he thinks, says things like we'll do it till we both wake up. What? <laughs> and, and, and then I want to sex you up as if it's a thing is that it might be a thing in Swedish or they're just like singing the first thing sort of like the way that Phil Collins would do from time to time like Susudio or I can feel it coming in the air tonight where that's the first thing he did to test his voice at a particular range mm, I'm and wrong he like, he's not Swedish he's not Swedish Elliot Strait he's just a dumb dell. Yeah, well, his pseudonym's Dr. Freeze. He says American. He doesn't say he's Swedish. I don't know why I thought he was Swedish. These guys are just so <laughs> annoying. I don't get, like, who thought this was cool? I mean, the fact that they're from Oklahoma City could explain a lot. Like, you know how people from, from like, non-metropolitan <laughs> uh, areas think yeah. it looks cool to, to dress certain ways or whatever? Like, yeah, this well, is how they, they dress in the big city, and they look like idiots. Right. That's what these guys are reminding me of. Yeah, well, There's a George look, Michael looking fella, huh? Like, I'm, yeah, I'm looking at him on the screen right now. He's sort of yeah. biting his style with the, like the... The one guy, yeah. Yeah, the one with guy. The, yeah. yeah, he's yeah. he's got the like four-day beard and Longer and hair, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. They, uh... The, it's a little more and I'll tell you another story about them that I do find fascinating. Yeah, sex you up... I want to sex you up is a weird... It's Because I'm trying to think what... The other, like, I want to lather you up or it's something, about, right? It's about they, a rub down. It's yeah. about a rub down. I believe I'm trying to lather. Do you, guys, do, you, <laughs> do you guys remember New Jack City? I feel like this is in a sex yeah. scene and there may be it's a massage situation or something in uh, it. No? I I didn't see that movie. You did not? Was this no. the beginning? Was there was that turn of phrase, because um, that became one later where people say, like, color yeah. me in breast. Right, color me right. fucking hungry. <laughs> color oh, yeah. me did mad. Was, right. that oh. before, was that before color then, me bad? What came first, color me bad or color me mine? I don't know. <laughs> no, you guys go go. go. But no, but like the phrase of it. I know. Color it, me upset. Like, right? Yeah. The way I don't like know. Catherine Accounting would say, "Color me fucking hungry for." Color me frustrated. <laughs> right. It's almost like the hashtag of today. Hashtag frustrated. <laughs> I can I can tell you guys definitively okay. that it definitely predated this because there was a song in the '60s called "Color Him Father." 
Oh. Remember that one? I do not. I think I'll color him father. <laughs> think I'll color him love. It's about a guy Weird. who adopts um, this, this brood of kids when the, when the dad dies. And he marries the mom. And, and then so the, the kid is singing about this, this, his stepfather who took. But he's saying, I'm going to color him father. Even though he's not my father, I'm going to color him father. I'm going to color him love. It's a hippie it's a Brady bunch. Time, it's the time, the time speaking to his art there, doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't it? Uh, so father. let's hear a little more of uh, I Want to Sex You Up. <laughs> uh, this song is... is uh, it's making, tedious. It's making me want to say, <laughs> I, <I'm, laughs> color me nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take off all your clothes. Ooh, sexy. Disconnect the phone so nobody knows. Wait, what? The, take off all your clothes and then what? So nobody knows. There's a lyrics video under this if you want to just listen to that one. I couldn't. Do you find... want to start it over? No. <laughs> <laughs> take off all your clothes and then maybe you can help me blow my nose. I think that's <laughs> <laughs> the placeholder lyrics that they just left in. I like the idea that, like, the, the order he did this in, like, they take off all their clothes and then he remembers to light the candle. So, he like, does. He, yeah. did, he has that awkward kind of, like, he's naked. So, his foot is, like, stretched out to the to the, uh, to the the dresser next to the bed. His ass is just hanging out. Like next this, to Dennis Franz's. This whole Dennis sexy Franz's moment. Ass. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, he ruins this whole sexy moment. If, the, if it had been candlelight. Oh, shit, the, the candle. Place, yeah. <laughs> He's reaching over, stretching out. <laughs> Trying to find a lighter, digging around in his, in his nightstand. He's all mad at her. Why'd you move the fucking mattress? I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ, I'm out here with my fucking anus hanging out. Oh, wait, I have a lighter in my car. I'll be right back. <laughs> he walks Take down that, in a know, towel. There's one in the kitchen. There's one in the kitchen. It's next to my bong. <laughs> oh, this guy. We drown. Yeah, that is a weird line, Aaron. Yeah, Do it till we both till wake we up. We both wake up. Talk about a Bill Cosby area we're in here now. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Girl, you know I'm put on and this is what I Love until we drown. Drown, yeah. Hmm. I'm guessing in sweat from all the lovemaking. I don't know. I don't. Or, or she's so aroused. Oh, she's wet. Yeah. Oh, could he'd also drown in it? He would. Dr- yeah, he would. Oh, of course. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't you? <laughs> okay. Interpretation. Damn, baby, you put the candle out. <laughs> <laughs> This is just going to go on like this for another minute and a half, right? It's kind of just, yeah, there's no, there's no, there's just one thing through this whole It hasn't changed. Look, there's something here. I'm not completely offended by this because there's, it's a, no, no, (laughs) no, here's my point. It's, I don't want to give you too much judgment. I'm just saying like, this is because we still have to hear Aaron's, you know, Yeah, sure. but, um, 
what's annoying about it is that like it's the same thing over and over again fine i can live with that but it's it's just i don't know one thing that's happened so far other than them saying i want to sex you up like nothing else has happened in the entire well, song and the candle well, the candle. The, yeah. incident, the incident with the candle. <laughs> the candle. There's incident. just a beginning of killing R and B as mm-hmm. as a popular music. Like it starts to edge it out, and there starts to become less of it um, in the decades that come after. I always believe that it's around this time because prior to this, you were still getting like late era Cool in the Gang, and and fucking all kinds of groovy things happening. Like where real we're bands to, were still playing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Right. Yeah, like an 80s. It's the beginning of sampling. This is the beginning of sampling. Yes, you're right. He sweating them and like all kinds of insane dudes and and gals in the 80s. Uh, And then it just seemed like it started to go out. Like, I don't have my thumb on fucking today's music, but I don't know that there's much of it anymore. In the same way that I don't think there's a lot of belter chicks, like the Mariahs and things like that. There's a lot of chicks, but I don't know that any of them are doing that. They're all auto-tuned anyway. Right, mm-hmm. and I'm not even saying that like dismissively. I think that every, everyone's auto tuned now. It really, they really right. are, including pe- great singers that we love. But it, uh, I want to kind of jump back on one, something that Aaron just said. Like, okay, you could make the argument that Prince used drum machines almost exclusively throughout the '80s, right? Mm-hmm. But those were really good songs. Like right, you didn't, yeah. you right. didn't yeah. care that Kiss or Sign of the Times or whatever were were drum machines because you're like this song is so fucking good i don't care they're programmed yeah, by sign prince of the times, yeah. <laughs> sign of the times doesn't go to like a lot of other places but it's you know shocker we're going to find a lot of good in that but you can't compare the two but like sign of the times is just so effective in every kind of way so even songs that don't have a bunch of orchestration that does, orchestration doesn't make the song you know and and any more than does over sampling kill it because you could do that great too mm-hmm. this just isn't that it's just boring. These guys are bland, and and it doesn't really. It doesn't seem sexy either. To uh, me. You know what? I'm so glad you said that. It's when you said sexy. bland, <laughs> I, I'm like, this is a pretty like quote unquote sexy subject matter to the point where he's talking about taking her clothes off and right. stuff. But I'm not feeling this is just so milk toast the way they're doing yeah. it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't like, sound I, like he's going to be very uh, very good at it. And, and they're talking about, <laughs> talk, I mean, they're both sleeping through it. Yeah. So he's telling us he's wearing it on his fucking nude sleeve <laughs> on his modesty sleeve <laughs> on his purple jacketed sleeve as it were <laughs> maroon jacketed sleeve <laughs> yeah these this is just th- this song just fell into the wrong hands like the, whoever put the song together just was, was nobody just not wanted very it good in their hands it. nobody yeah. wanted this and then yeah. it ended up this big thing boy right. 92 huh that's a, yep. it was a funny time in music it was <laughs> a lot of, like, a lot of transitioning yeah. yeah metal was just yeah getting out and and heavy duty sort of my heart is ripping open music was coming into the popular culture and, right. <laughs> and well, this um, was also going on the things that kept us out of number one were like um more than words by extreme right and then paula abdul's like straight up that's what or something not not straight up the second single off that record maybe or i forget two? Yeah, no abdul's sorry sorry, sorry. rush 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 and more than words kept this out of number one this was number Paul like Abdul's two. Ninety two? No shit. Really? It, Rush Rush was ninety two. That's no what it kidding. said. I think that's what that said. My word. But yeah, but Paul Abdul in more than words kept this out of number one. And um hmm. the other thing that 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 uh, I'd remembered about this, that, that the brilliant not the brilliant part of this, but um when Andy uh, Sandberg and um 
Justin did dick in a box. This right. is what they're joking. This is what they're goofing on. I could see that. Exactly yeah, sure. on it's this. Easy. Yeah, this yeah. is like fish in a it's barrel. exactly what they're doing. Yeah. They're doing a joke on these guys. And they're all the, era R&B. Yeah, this the skinny beards was, yeah. and the Coke bottle glasses and the, yeah. and, the and you know, pur- purple suits and yellow suits. And, and <laughs> I feel like at the time this song came out, and again, you're just everything you just described about all those bands that were number one and stuff. Yeah. Like, talk about a fucking low point. I, I Sometimes I go, boy, I wonder if I should have checked into music back in the early 90s more than I did. And I, I hear stories like that. I'm going, I'm so fucking glad. I, I, there's a reason why I was completely checked out of this bullshit. But, but I do recall this. Didn't. Wasn't this song "quote unquote" controversial because of its sexy oh, lyrics oh, yeah. and everything? Huge, yeah. And yeah. I'm listening to it. And I'm going, what? What are they saying that that like Marvin Gaye didn't already say like 15 years like in in uh, Let's Get It On or something? Like I almost right. feel like it's a manufactured controversy. Who mm. who's offended by this about saying I want to sex you up? But politically, we were uptight at that time. Yeah, right. Like it was it was it was a weird time. With that, end of and Bush, the, beginning of Clinton. Yeah, right. Yeah, we were about to get yeah. sexy. About to get sexy. <laughs> yeah. Someone do a Bill Clinton quickly. I'm trying to manufacture it. I can't do Eat it. <laughs> I did not have sex with, with that, that woman. woman. My cigar did. Lingerie. <laughs> Lingerie. <laughs> so no, but seriously, like this, I I feel like this was a, a completely contrived controversy about these lyrics because they're not that that risque or out there or you know i just don't i'm not buying it I'm, I, as i look back on it i think someone said planted a story that that parents were mad about this song because it's, right. it's 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 it's, it's a so, classic move it's so mayonnaise <laughs> this song yeah you're not pushing any and, and it's also it's like out of the face it's coming from you know it's like certain people just sound like they're being fucking gnarly and over the top just by there's a vibe that comes off of them like Marvin and like these guys are just whatever the opposite of that is, you know, <laughs> yeah. it just sounds so bland and they're trying to be sexy. But then again, it's hilarious to me that they're going to sleep through it. Uh, so, you know, and it sounds just like it. It's written like that. It's performed like that. The guy's doing a lot of sort of uh, soul explosion, vocal trills all around, you know, and, and they all sound sort of like uh, R and B by numbers, you know? Yes. I do appreciate the fact that the guy who, uh, you know, made more panties come off than anyone on the planet was named Marvin Gaye. And the guy who wrote yeah. possibly the, the fruitiest song ever was named <laughs> Keith Strait. Elliot. Elliot Strait. Dr. Freeze. Dr. Freeze. Soon I miss Dr. Freeze. Please call him Dr. Freeze. <sighs> <sighs> guy whispering something yeah, yeah. that i don't sexy care about stuff yeah sexy stuff like if i was if i was hearing this i'd be, I'd be swatting at my ear going oh they're a fly or something <laughs> no it's the guy from fucking color me bad did these guys have any other hits or anything or is this their whole deal uh no they had a few after this uh, all for love you might remember no. no probably not um that one and then they had another one that was half in spanish called like mi amor or something <laughs> which has an interesting story i'll tell in a minute okay yeah. <laughs> And then there's the other guy who looks like uh, Kenny G in the band. Yes, that guy. Yeah, the kind of bald, curly-haired guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. yeah. He went on to good things. Like he he uh, he produced Whitney Houston and a bunch of other stuff. Like he of all of them, he went on to the best stuff. That guy. 
Mm. Based on his, his hair alone. On his hair yeah. alone, yeah. Now he kind of has. <laughs> now he has like a re- yeah that kind of a uh, Larry Fine look now. Now <laughs> later in life, you know. He, you know what I'm talking about the you know bald the least with the curly stooge, the curly Everyone hair, yeah, right. the curly hair, and the, yeah, but he went on to a lot of stuff. The rest of them had some had some trouble. Larry <laughs> <laughs> <Very> Fine. <laughs> I wish this was the Stooges doing this song, and it was very fun singing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> suddenly got sexier. Okay, that nothing else is happening in this song, right? Can we probably can we not. be done? That's like three minutes. Can we can we be done? Can we be done? I like that Damon's kind of like a teenager. May I be excused from the table? I'm not hungry. May I be excused, please? Um, the one thing that uh, that I that I did uh, find, I guess, inspirational or interesting about these guys is how they made it. So they're in Oklahoma City, you know, and they're like basically high school students that have been in the choir. But they figure out ways to um, essentially stalk celebrities or insinuate themselves into the arena. And since they're an acapella group and they're legit like tenor, baritone, they have that all worked out. They, um, they, they'll just stop someone like the Cool in the Gang, Huey Lewis, um, most famously, I guess, John Bon Jovi. And they're like, hey, we're an acapella group. Can we sing for you right now? Because you can audition right now if you're an acapella group. Mm-hmm. And they would. And inevitably, people were impressed. Mm-hmm. Like John Bon Jovi in 1989, they did that. And he went, OK, you're opening tonight. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Like for me in Oklahoma City. Come on, you're 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 the opening band tonight. And Add the that first... to the list of John Bon Jovi fuck ups. Parable <laughs> <laughs> Sism by John Bon Jovi. But um when they did that with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, um I suppose the interesting thing I didn't know, notice about these guys, which was um groundbreaking at the time, was that when you had boy bands back then, or you know, the new kids in the block or even Belle Biv DeVos, <clears throat> everybody was the same race in the band always mm. it was all white guys or all black guys these guys they got it they got a latino guy they got a black guy they got a white guy they got everything mm-hmm. and that was that was a big deal then and jimmy jam and terry lewis it, uh, advice was to them you should write a song that has some spanish in it that's the first song you should write and that was their it was the third single i think it's called oh me amor or something like that it's i adore me amor i adore me amor that's it he how do you know that <laughs> look color me bad I'm, look, look, guys. I'm a color. I'm a CMB fan. Color um, me, color me a convert. Color me a convert, guys. <laughs> I'm but yeah, it, so man. that that was the first song they wrote, and it wasn't that good. And then they happened upon this one for the soundtrack to the movie, and then had to rush a record out. So, but it's kind of brilliant—not brilliant, but it, it chutzpah to to insinuate yourself into a backstage area and then go, "Hey, can we audition for you?" Mm-hmm. And then to actually what, be uh, be good. Like Royce to Men did that to. Michael Bivens at a Belle Biv DeVoe show. Did they? Yeah. And, and yeah. he and he started managing them or producing them or something, and they had a career because of that. Right. And now I'm remembering. So they did Cool in the Gang. The Cool in the Gang part, when you said that, Aaron, reminded me that. So when they did that with Cool in the Gang, then the guys in Cool in the Gang said, well, this is our road manager. Um, he should give you a call. And he did. And he ended up being their manager and said, go to New York and let's get a record deal. And that's and then it all happened after that with the movie and New Jack City was everything for them. 
because this song was on it and it made everything You're fucking up. good for them. Got to make your own fucking luck and then be ready for it. So I guess, you know, yeah. I mean, it doesn't go for it. It doesn't undercut how horrible this song is for <laughs> me anyway. I just this song is just so I hate what, this song so much. <laughs> serious question. Yeah. In your research, yeah. What uh because they were I don't know if they were billing themselves or at least can claim that they were the uh, one of the first multiracial. Yeah. Uh, groups was that where the color in their name came from? I don't. I, f- I forget the story with that. There's a no. There was a thing they didn't want to be like take six, but they Brian the singer came up with "Color Me Bad," which also uh, later in life sort of is a sad but comedic um, comedic uh, side of this. Like this is Brian now. Ooh, like which, Brian, which, which one is, is the, he- the guy who's singing right now? He, oh, he oh ga- that guy. Yeah, yeah. He gained a lot of weight. And and him and one other guy, the only guy, it's kind of like a heavy metal band where only two guys are left, and they're doing the, like this the casino circuit. Is he still one of them? Yep, and he's huge, and also angry. Where like there's <laughs> video if you go on YouTube, there's video of him like in the middle of this song, like at the you know whatever the Chippewa Casino somewhere, where he he just body blocks the other guy on stage and knocks him over because they're fighting. It's like it's like Peter, it's like Peter Townsend and Roger Daltrey, like swinging a guitar at some guy. But this big yeah. Brian just knocks the guy over. Wow! And this is like 2018. Like, and he has to go on Doctor Phil and apologize, and like it's wow. They have some they have some problems in color me bad later on as adults. Yeah, so depressing. Yeah. Good yeah. lord. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. Like, we, yeah, I'm just looking at this video, going, "There's there's no way that these guys could have sustained a career. It's just like they no, they, they no, get they no. they come out of the gate just." crappy color me crap and and like of course they're gonna be these they look like little wieners who 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 think they're all sexy and cute and cool and uh there's no way that they're gonna sustain any sort of thing except when they're you know kind of duking it out on stage at a casino. <laughs> that's that's their destiny so looking at this history video. righted itself so that the nebishy kenny g looking motherfucker is the most successful so right, right. yeah that's true <laughs> Okay, so I'm not listening to any more of this. I'm not. I refuse to listen yeah, to this anymore. I, I mean, I'm not doing it. That's what's great about being in the torture chamber, but also controlling the the uh, the, the knobs over here. <laughs> By the way, I just as <laughs> by knobs I mean you two. <laughs> so I'm going to go into Aaron's now. Okay. Uh, Oofa. There we go. Are we, we ready for this? Yeah. This is a lyric video. Okay. Also done done exactly. By the way, so <laughs> it's good job. <laughs> it's a good we'll lyric see. video. We'll see. All right, here we go. <laughs> oh, you know, I was going to do this. I was going to do this some weeks back. <laughs> that stupid fucking piano part. I was going to do this to you, Aaron, at like week two. <laughs> oh. So we've got, we got CMB Turner and BTO. Bachman Turner Overdrive. CMB yeah. BTO. Yeah. <laughs> Taking care of business written by uh, a lot of <laughs> stories about this. Yeah, written by uh, Randy Bachman. Yep. First of recorded the guess who. by uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Right. When, and he wrote it uh, uh, when he was still in uh, the Guess Who. Right. And the song was actually inspired by one of the an engineer who was working on that record. Who had, he had just heard him talking about his travel, like how he gets to the studio. Like, so he goes, I take, typically take the 815. Um, you know, and I, <laughs> so, I have my coffee. You know, yeah, I- and so, you know, you see all those girls, they're trying to look pretty. So you just list this guy's entire fucking dumb life and put it right. into this dumb song. Right. It's, and uh, it's the same uh, lyric 
lyric school of as David Crosby boring the hell out of Peter Tork at a party. Yeah. I almost cut my hair. <laughs> almost. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, so this is uh, this is Randy, and he finally there's a story about getting this into the band finally, and because ever there's a rich history of people distancing themselves from both Randy and this song. <laughs> um, so I uh, like let it spin a bit, like nobody fucking knows this song. So yeah, right. But let it go yeah. a bit. That Randy singer, yeah, yeah. Which and, and so like, let's pause that, okay? Because uh, so there was an early arrangement for the song that he did, and the song originally was all these same verse lyrics, but the chorus was white collar worker. So people <laughs> would, and and there used to be a slightly different riff, and you can, and what I'm about to say, you'll end up start making sense of in your brain, uh, sort of the way the verses work. syllabically so the original version was pretty similar to the beatles paperback writer and so when randy first played this song to uh canada's own burton cummings cummings declared and i quote that he was ashamed of him and that the guests (laughs) would never record the song because the beatles would sue them (laughs) so that was his first attempt of trying to sling this hunk of shit to other people so you don't like it <laughs> so, so you don't like it. Wait, uh, so, so wait. The the lyrics, used to be that was a twisting, yeah. turning story. Let me let me go back a little bit. So used to be white collar worker, right? Uh, what, and so there was that's one issue was, that's dumb. But the verse, the verses lyrically were the same because he wrote them about this guy. Now apparently at that time, the verses had a different, didn't have that same riff attached to it. And the riff was similar to Paperback Writer. Oh, the riff. And, I thought yeah. the, the, the yeah. theme, because Paperback Writer is in the form of a letter writing to a publisher. Right. But that's but not the, what you're saying. But yeah, but the way it's. You see, sir, or madam, can you read my book? It took me years to mind. Uh, 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 okay. He was doing that in his brain, perhaps subconsciously. Yeah. And that's what upset Burton Cummings so much. So it didn't, it didn't take a, it didn't take a shot there. So he got, he got out of Guess Who. And and uh, so he 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 revised it because it was only when the song got to the chorus that everyone hated it. <laughs> that was a quote from him. So let's listen to some more oh. of it. <laughs> but I could like the verse, right? <laughs> was he speaking sarcastically about a white collar? In other words, like yes. I always I, these these lyrics always did kind of bump me a little bit because. He's almost being sar- like the sarcastic rock star looking down on the on the, right. on the on the plebeians who have to go to work every day. Yes, but he's right. also sarcastically saying like, "Hey, just become a rock star. You don't have to do that anymore." So he he used to yeah. be singing from the perspective of a white collar worker, of a guy sitting in an office in the top of a corporate bank building or something, oh. making fun of the little blue collar workers. It might do I have that right? I think so. I think that's what he's doing. But because the lyrics were always about somebody in the music business, it kind of makes less sense. But he was what he painted it as later is that it was sort of like what Dire Straits ended up doing with Money for Nothing. He claims he was doing then with a sort of like ironic take on, yeah, this is our job and we work at nothing all day, but we're still taking care of business every day, every way. And in fact, we're working overtime. He's all over the map. He's yeah. all over the map, though. But our jobs are great. Know. We like working overtime. 
Right. <laughs> it I worked yeah, out. You know what's <laughs> what was the song we did a couple like early on, and it was the lyrics were just all over the place, and it, oh, it was a bunch of writers. Oh, we built a city. Yes. Yeah. It right. started right. off right. as like a, a Bernie Toppin song with some right. sort of you know very very targeted point, and the then a bunch of, of other clubs. Yeah. Yeah, and then a bunch of other writers got involved, and so I've been giving this song all these years the the credit, at least lyrically, that. It was he was ironically saying, you know, hey, it's it's just become a rock star like me. It's super easy. Then you don't have to get on the train every day. But I think this was just a. It sounds like as you're describing, it was just a mess, and that it's I'm giving it way more credit than it deserves. Is that, is yeah, that right? He was married, yeah, he was married to some part of it was getting a reaction, and then, but people kept, you know, people like Burton Cummings were probably sensing that this was going going nowhere. I mean. Bachman ended up having the last laugh because the song was huge, but like yeah. he kept he kept massaging it despite people telling him it was dog shit or that they didn't want anything to do with it. Like they went, so it, it existed as white collar man, but he heard a DJ say Bachman Turner Overdrive. He heard a DJ they were, they were going to the gig and heard a DJ say something like, "All right, taking care of business, you guys." And so he liked that phrase, mm. and so he said, "I'm going to put it into that." Then they got to the show. The singer needed to rest his voice, so Cummings just said, "Here, here's the chords," and did the song and got this massive reaction, according to him, and such a big reaction that when they finished it, the crowd was still shouting, "Taking care of business." But you know, <laughs> these are Canadian people. So, yeah. Where's Elvis in this? Like, because he's TCB. Now, he, yeah, but it only it has something to do with him later. Okay, because yeah. again, uh, Bachman claims that. Elvis was inspired and therefore named the band, the Taking Care of Business Band. Oh. But there's a lot of people think that he's sort of massaging history. Quite a bit. <laughs> and um, the lightning, the lightning bolt logo with the necklace, TCB with the lightning the bolt. King, but that was it... all after this. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. all that was nothing after to do this. with this okay. in its time. Yeah. All right. This is so 74, Aaron, about? Came out in 74, but okay. he started yeah, yeah. bothering people with it a year and a half earlier. <laughs> <laughs> he started inflicting it he on started working people. it on other buddy uh, yeah before this okay. and so he goes <laughs> i love this chunk he goes bachman said he handed the lyrics over to fred turner it's time to sing time to do the track with the thought that turner could sing the lead because he thought he'd sound better but turner handed them to right back to randy saying that he should sing it as he might give him some much needed vocal rest <laughs> during live shows. You know, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah, so strike two for Randy Bachman yeah. trying to invest somebody else in this crime, and uh, and and then and then that puts us into recording the song. But and Randy's the guitar player. Yeah, in the okay. guess who he was. Yeah, but yeah. he just became yeah. the leader, lead singer of 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 uh, of Bachman Turn Overdrive. Right? Yeah, and there's and and that's there. And remember, there, there are three Bachmans in this fucking band. Right. By the way. Yeah, one's the drummer. Yes. Uh, yeah, everybody yeah. but uh, Fred Turner. Turner was the bass player who said yeah. uh, no dice on singing this. And then the other Bachmans are guitar, guitar, drums. Okay. This band is lousy with Bachmans. Yeah. yeah it's well, three Bachmans too many. Overdrive. <laughs> More Turner, Turner, less Bachman. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Hey. I hate his enunciation as well. Meaning what? The way he sings. The, his voice, <laughs> his enunciation. All right. C- carrying on here. Such 
a monkey dope, dopey fucking thing to say. <laughs> oh, God. Imagine the people who like this, like, who are fans. There's there's BTO heads out there. <laughs> I I have a confession to make. I, oh. I, I like this song from about during, like, during my teen years, like 11 through, yeah. you know, 20. This was on a lot of mixtapes. Oh, my God. I, I know. I know. I, I did. I liked it. And the but same then part after of you that, who liked fucking plaster caster. <laughs> it is. It's exactly the same part. And I and I like this a lot. And I and but then there was a certain point. I can't tell you when it became super fucked out, yeah. where it just seemed corny to me. And something about the honky tonk piano is what bothers me the most about this track. Yeah, it was a late edition. It was just a dude who was in the studio, never heard it once. Damon and I have had experience that's obvious with, with, a, with a, uh, a musician who just comes in and doesn't even hear a song once they just do it find yeah. out what key it's in and that's impressive to watch but they brought this piano player he wrote the chords on top of a pizza box and <laughs> played it once and that was it so there was yep. a rumor years later that it was a pizza delivery man who cajoled them into letting <laughs> <laughs> letting it go but instead that, of the sex rumors, it started because of uh because the guy wrote it on the and it might even be a better story who knows that's about the most interesting thing about them is what kind of pizza maybe was at the session. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a porno setup. Yeah, was it the a pizza, spicy sauce? The, the pizza delivery guy comes. Do you want to suck our cocks? No, I want to play piano. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking to uh, George's uh, statement that this was fucked out unless you take his uh, playlist into consideration, his mm-hmm. mixtapes of the time, yeah, that uh, uh, Bachman said it was the most licensed song in Sony Music's publishing catalog. And that it's often referred to as the provincial rock anthem of Manitoba. <laughs> that's that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of qualifications. But uh, the, the accolades are just rolling in <laughs> from Randy. By the way, yeah, they're all oh, coming yeah, from he, his mouth. No one else ever yeah. fucking yeah. said it. All right. Same people who like the Georgia satellites love this. Yeah, this this sounds like it could. I mean, the that this influenced that song by the the Georgia satellite song. So keep it's, your hands. It's to sort yourself. of that kind of yeah. Lumpy. I got in my pocket going. Jingling. This this song also sounds like I I can't believe that we're just body shaming people all over the map today. But it doesn't sound like anybody who's in good shape likes this song. <laughs> you know, Except for George. George is ripped and yoked and, uh, you know, uh, and yeah, sure. toy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. My teen years. Uh, the uh, the thing I want to mention too, I I remember. About, I don't know if you guys remember this, but like I believe on maybe the first Van Halen tour with Sammy, these guys opened Oof. at the Forum late, like late in their career, and I I had to give it to them because they'd all gained a lot of weight then, mm-hmm. and were super fat guys. And so, but they named the, they named the whole show one ton of rock and roll. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like that's funny. That's yeah, funny. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> right. That's like, good. All right. <laughs> all right. This is one of those songs too, where the dumb lyrics, if you didn't think they were fucking idiots, from the mouth of idiots to the ears of idiots. Sorry, George. It's okay. They yeah, repeat the whole thing again. From yes, the beginning, they, they, right? They do the whole thing over again. Right. Yep, again. Yeah, I was actually going to make that that observation that this this solo is coming in pretty early in the song, so that they they, they 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 are not going anywhere at this point. The right? lyrics are just that good. <laughs> they're, they're just rewinding <laughs> and starting again. 
Jesus Christ. So what should have been a minute and a half song and ends up being an almost five minute song. Which and I'm, it seems like because they stretched it out because they were a bar they were bar banding it and so like why stop the good time you know so they're feeding off the energy they got and look it was a fucking hit the chicks but are dancing it's just so, <laughs> it's so fucking stupid the content is dumb it's it's I I I love blue I like blues based rock sometimes but this is like taking us to the like desolifying machine. <laughs> The other thing that I that I find interesting, and you guys have all heard this joke. In fact, uh, um, Mc, John McVie said this about when when Fleetwood Mac played at the at the Clinton uh, inauguration yeah. in '92, yeah, yeah. when when the the theme song was "Don't, Don't stop. stop Think." And so and so he said it was so funny because he looked out in the audience and all the white people were cla- clapping on the one and three, right. so they were going "Don't <laughs> stop thinking about tomorrow," which is because white people don't know how to clap. Um, and so if you listen, Racist. If, if you listen to what's going on in this song, it's like four Canadian white guys, uh, standing around a microphone going, there's a, there's a clap on the four through the entire song. I didn't know that. Listen, just listen. Let's hear, let's hear, let's hear. It never stops. Okay. Wow. Oh. Here we go. What a great production technique. <laughs> oh. Don't talk about fishing, all right? Don't talk about fishing in a fucking song, asshole. And say fellows. It might be nitpicking. This verse, this is where I thought he this whole thing was set up as a as a wink and a nod that like my job is so easy, but it's obviously not. Like to become a rock star, there's a lot of work that goes into it. But you're if if it starts as a song about white collar guys, that that first verse makes sense. So he must have just now completely taken a left turn right because in other words like so. the white collar guy who is narrating the first verse has nothing to do with this musician singing the second verse and also the blue collar guy would think that the white collar guy takes is like doesn't really have a real job you're thinking yeah. if because he says okay if you're sitting around doing math i'm sitting around fucking moving steel with my bare hands yeah fuck you <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but 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 randy's laughing at them both saying i'm a rock star you, i do yeah. anything yeah i don't do shit but I do it all day, and I'm working overtime. Wait, he's super clever, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm giving him credit for being clever. But now that you've told me the story, I think he just sort of grafted on a, a new verse that had nothing to do with what he was trying to say in the first one. I, I just, I just envision a a white collar guy way up in his office, just looking down at, like, looking down at a bunch of workers and going, "Look at those assholes with their lunch pails." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how you guys are looking at me down in the torture chamber right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how this yeah. works. Yeah, this yeah. Your peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> oh, take it easy, Randy. Would you? Leave me, Maybe Fred didn't want to sing this song because he wanted to concentrate on the sweet bass licks. <laughs> Are there sweet bass licks going on? No. No. <laughs> no. Dun, dun, you, I'm dun, speaking dun, ironical, dun, dun, dun. much like Randall. <laughs> also, that guitar lick it seems like it's about to go out of tune and out of scale every moment of its existence to me. <laughs> like they needed a tuner. They needed to take care of some tuning. 
and didn't and didn't do that. Maybe you have the pizza delivery guy work on the tuning. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you can you tune this thing for me? It has six whole strings on it. <laughs> Does this sound like a G to you? Well, it was for Randy. <laughs> it was a guy. choice between tuning his guitar or eating the pizza that was in that box, and you know. Based on the tons of fun, he tuned tour. the pizza and ate the guitar. <laughs> One ton of rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it sounds weird. It's in his belly. <laughs> it's so muffled. It's so muffled. Okay, go for time. Take good care. Love done. my business. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, come on. Don't preview the best part. Randy Bachman on the guitar. <laughs> he wrote this. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Wow. <laughs> Working man. Now, <laughs> let me say this. Well, again, why these guys are assholes. Uh, <laughs> not not Randy. Now, in this case, I'm not. I'm going to defend Randy because obviously that's about four different guys. The, the guys who are clapping around the mic or someone's going, yeah, all right, woohoo, around, you know. The other Bachmans. Yeah. Right. It's, it's four guys. So all these guys who hated the song, you know, they're getting into it. Come on. Yeah. It's like it's like when Paul Stanley goes, oh, I hated put the X in Well, sex. maybe like, some dude, beer like came with a pizza. Good, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, they're not pouting. They're not pouting. No. You yeah. can't say that about this track. It doesn't no, sound like enjoying. anybody's pouting. Sound, they're they all, they're enjoying. Yeah, they sound jovial. And, they're reveling. Uh, and they're reveling in it. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's a, yeah, it comes down to like we can't admit we were wrong. Anyway, fuck. Yeah, me. and they then they saw they saw you know those those Manitoba gals dancing yeah. at the club <laughs> and thought, well, there's going to be more of that where that came from. Here's a question, Manitoba mamas. Who's the Canadian Kath? <laughs> oh, uh, Helen Reddy. <laughs> Helen from accounting. <laughs> yeah, I am Helen. Hear me roar, <laughs> Helen from because that's who that's who this is for, right? This is the Manitoba yeah. mamas are shaking their ass at, and that's why you do the verse again and yeah. keep it going because the asses are shaking. We'll take four more Molsons. <laughs> <Hey. laughs> the the uh, the accents on this show are just out of this world. They are very talented people. You hear that weird like percussion thing going on? Sounds like somebody's playing the bongos back. There. Marimba? <laughs> that's that's a that's a lot of that's a lot of that's you don't picture Canadians rocking bongos. How many pizzas got delivered here with just people joining in on the track here? Yeah. <laughs> this this pizza guy happened to be from Jamaica and he had a, he had a conga with him. I don't think a conga is a, a, a Jamaican, Jamaican instrument. instrument. Say it Steel anyway. drum, maybe. Yeah. I, <laughs> It sounds like he's sucking his breath in because he's it, putting on tighter pants than he should be. I should, I Take can't. our care! Every day! What did I say? Holy shit. It's, it's, now, I never thought of that in this song my whole life. And now you're, you're kind of right. It's sort of desperately yelling out of breath or something or yeah. bad pronunciation oh. of the... Yeah. Oh, oh, boy. I, I was thinking like... Oh. <laughs> I don't want to offend people. I might have to edit this episode, but then I thought, who are we going to offend? <laughs> who are they going to offend? <laughs> and look, well, look, Randy has hits. I don't. Yeah, dude. He say, fucking has a, mad hits, and I do not. From two, yeah. from two different bands, by the way. Yeah. Yep. 
You know, this the guess who was fucking awesome though. Yeah, they were, especially compared to these fucking shows. <laughs> I mean, these guys have a lot of hits, don't they? Yeah, uh, Turner, I can think of, of at least three. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, totally. You know, bona fide classic. And rock I loved hits. all of them. I, I del- mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You ain't seen nothing yet. Ain't seen nothing yet. Right. Um, baby, right. <laughs> yeah. And there's at least one more that I'm not thinking. Which, about. by the way, he was making fun of his stuttering brother. Which is so like, if he's down to make fun of fucking quote unquote disabilities, fuck a lot him. of impediments here. Yeah. A lot of yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Okay, an man. asshole. Like he, so now he's an asshole. You feel different about it now. Well, take us home, Damon. <laughs> All right. I'm six, seven, no. All right, we did the breakdown. Does he just solo out in the choruses at this point? I guess, yeah. Like I gave, I gave "Color Me Bad" three minutes. We're now at the exact three minute mark in the song. Should we carry on, or is this more of this? I've well, no, this he sings. He takes the. Uh, he just does those. Uh, it's a long ass outro uh, of uh, taking care of business. I think he actually even fucking does the. I don't know. Let's it's hear dumb. it. Let's not hear it. Okay. Well, okay, well, I mean, I, I, I know the song obviously. <laughs> I'm hearing solos here, and then I think, but they already did the breakdown where it's just the drums. So yes, they did. We don't. They're not. That's not happening again. Every is it? day, what I say. He did that too already, though. <laughs> I know, yeah. All right. So do we? I, I wonder I'll if carry the other on. brother starts soloing here because this one sounds like he may have been climbing out of the belly. Is this the sounds <laughs> different than the other solo? I found a guitar in here. Weedly, 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 weedly. Whoops. That's the, that's what you were talking about yeah. earlier, Aaron. It's just yeah, they it just start from again. The well, it's the next day, fellas. Oh shit! I just <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. Sorry, I was at three minutes. Sorry. Here we go. Sorry, I lost the video. It took you eleven episodes to make that fuck up. It's remarkable. And if you chain <laughs> the smuggler's blues, smuggler's blues. Lighten up, Brandon. Yeah, guys, come on. We're done. Okay. Yeah, no, okay. I get it. I get it. I, I, w- I will say this. I Point remember made. of this time that we were talking about attitude-wise, you know, about where he's coming from and everything, that I would th- I think what I remember is what I'm going to say, like, you know, what I call older brother music again, where... Guys 10 years older than me loved this song. They were in high school and, mm-hmm. you know, probably going to work at the gas company after they graduated. And and they liked this song because I think the attitude then, it wasn't, ah, oh, fuck rock stars. Like, yeah, I want to be like them. It's great they're doing that. They made it. They're one of us, but they made it. Yeah, and right. It was a different attitude then or, yeah. or the, towards yes, this. And the, yeah. Or like the vibe was like, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm going to party so right. hard. Right, right. Like they just yeah. Yeah. turned it into, yeah. I take care of business with partying. Yeah, so no one was mad about this yeah. in 1974. They loved it. This is like this reminds me of this, you know, of, of guys that were older than me that had vans that I wanted to. <laughs> I mean, not the shoes. I mean, like the car. Like, oh God, look at what a great life he has, and he listens to this music and right. has a bitch and eight track in his van. You know. <laughs> yeah. So you were coveting a lifestyle, Georgie. You I didn't was. really like this song. That's what I'm choosing <laughs> to believe. Explaining away from me. Oh, he didn't really. It's like a this little song. upsetting that you were <laughs> in your 20s, but uh, yeah. I'm never going to say that. <laughs> 
<laughs> George transitioned from his 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 longing for uh, CB culture. And yeah, and maybe into this, right into, into this, right? right into, yeah. yeah, into yeah, it's around the same time. Older brother, yeah, yeah, older brother music, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So, was, so when you were dressing up like a little gentleman to go with your mom to the, to the <laughs> fucking cat on a hot tin roof, I was. She did dress me like a little gentleman. I wear a <laughs> with suit. your little corduroy it's jacket like a with date. Yeah, pads. I was. I had to dress up. Yeah, right. Yeah. You look like a little therapist. <laughs> yes, I did. Totally sitting in the third row. You're right. <laughs> He was doing the, the Alex P. Keaton look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah totally. With a knit was, tie. Yeah, knit tie. <laughs> yep. Blue blazer. Proper gray slacks. <laughs> oh God, damn it! All right. Working overtime. Workout. Oh boy. And if your train's on time. God damn it. And so, like, this is this really gives that blues based rock a bad name, which is a drag because you have the faces, you have any number of bands who don't give it a bad name. And it's not, and it's not Canada's fault. Canada's done a lot of fucking rad shit. It's not Canada's fault. Responsible for some of the biggest soul radness of all times. But, like, no. Not with, not in this case. And by the way, he, not much trouble. I guess it's because Burton was singing, right? I mean, because guess who? There's a lot of groovy things happening in that fucking act. Of so course. So he became more like, but those guys, you wouldn't qualify them as like a raucous, blues-based rock band. Yeah, they Whereas were. Whereas these guys are. They're like working a, a, a bar circuit, you know, and it sounds mm-hmm. like it uh, musically. Do, do you think that, do you think that, um, the guess who's American woman, right? Yeah. Okay. Don't don't you think that's as fucked out as this is, though? Oh, sure, sure. But they also did. It's other kind of the that same were, that, that were good, though. No, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, if, it's it, kind it, of the same guitar like, sound, the same everything. It's the cousin it's, of this, and, yeah, and like, is. yeah, you yeah. want to talk about awful? Oh, god yeah. damn that fucking! Song. I bet it was fucking Randy's idea too. So all the way to goddamn bank. <laughs> but gee, they had so many rad songs, though. The G does. So how do you feel, Dave? I have to have. Uh, I have to have. I have thoughts. I have thoughts. Well, you said it best, George, when you said that um, taking care of business is fucked out. Yeah. It, it's, uh, but Aaron made this point a few weeks ago when he said, at least it's l- real guys playing. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, what, what episode was that? I don't remember. What, what... what was the last episode uh, being, whereas uh, Samantha Fox was not real people right. playing. Yeah. yeah. And, and guess whatever what? Whatever the other song was. Uh, I I just think like to me taking care of business it's dopey and it's and it's kind of dumb meathead fist pumping rock but it's this guy's d- d- a dumb bar band as you just said Aaron uh, mm-hmm. these these color me bad guys like they I, I'm the video obviously I just forgot how annoying they are yeah it's not sexy it's supposed you to be probably sexy. would arrive it's, there anyways without seeing their dumb faces I yeah have to I, it's that. true so stupid enough they're they're not there's nothing to grab onto with that song it's not controversial i think that's all completely bullshit contrived you know pr stunt that someone cared about that song uh they they're from oklahoma city which it's you know they just don't know how to be real <laughs> sexy guys like like real r&b singers and stuff like even the guys, even uh, uh, J- Justin Timberlake and those guys were were kind of like r- truly sexy young guys. And put your junk in a box. Yeah, no, but even when they were in the band, like in the <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. what what was he in? In sync. In sync. Yeah. Those guys were truly like you could see why girls would like them. These guys yeah. were were cheesy, like they're cheese balls. They're, so it's, it's the beginning of douchebags. That's one of the reasons I didn't. I hate this song so much. One of the reasons that I that I hate 
to take care of businesses. I think we exchanged texts about this weeks ago, just coincidentally, about how that was a theme song for for a news, a local news station. No, it was either know. it was either it was either San Diego or L.A. But when I was a kid, it was the it was the it was like the KCOP two news team takes care guy, of business. Aaron, who was on Channel t- Seven? Was it Paul? Uh, Paul Moyer. Paul Moyer. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. It might have been him. It might have been his equivalent in San Diego. I don't remember, but like <laughs> tie loosened, sleeves rolled up, and they're and they're kind of like out in the field talking. Ron Burgundy. And this, and it was like a, have been San Diego. San Diego was like Jim News. Jim's news team. <laughs> it really was. But somehow they licensed this song. Right. And and so it was like. And it, well, by the way, it wasn't the uh, the uh, BTO version. It was some like white bread local rock band covering yeah, it, yeah. and and the, and the news team who are usually just sitting behind a desk. Now they're out in the field with microphones and yeah. and interviewing driving people, vans and <laughs> taking care of business. So like the, I guess the news was taking care of business. Yeah, they were. So uh, when I hear this song now, I just Ugh. think of that cheese and 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 how I th- I'm pretty sure like they use it to sell like jumbo shrimp and stuff. It most licensed song in Sony history. Yeah, so <laughs> as cheesy as it is, it's not to me as bad a song just a a a, a creation <laughs> as that <laughs> color me bad fucking garbage assholes. So, uh I'm going to have to say this week George <laughs> The winner takes it all. And Aaron, I hate to break it to you, but you're going to take a fall. I'm not read that song is. Let's not read that song is. Like a real like, song is playing right amazing. now. So much life in that song that and and like that's how you play a piano. Yeah, our and like, our joke bumper song is better than the last two songs. We, we two sec in 2 seconds it's better. And that's by the way, that's Abba calling you a loser, Aaron, not me. <laughs> Look, coming from them, it's that's high praise. That's Bjorn and Annie Key and whatever. <laughs> Plus, my name is uses both of the letters in their name. So. Yeah. So. Look. Right. I don't know what that means, but fucking yeah, mean something, baby. Because it's, it's Abba, Aaron, Britt. I understand. Yeah, yeah. I just, Abba yeah. is Aaron coming and going. Yeah, there that's you right. go. That's the <laughs> Yeah, Aaron, if you were in my if you were in my torture chamber, uh, of those two songs would would be BTO of one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been the one I hated most because yeah, I, w- I would. It would have been like the the quagmire we find ourselves in, where I would have found. In this case, I probably would have found the other one funny, and this yeah. one not funny. Again, I'm it's like in a, it's like so many shitty blues bands have been able to fill up a set at their at their bar that they're playing at. So uh, yeah, it just is. It's it's a <laughs> dumb, easy fucking move. And it's but it's shitty. Like if I I, w- I would quit a blues band that asked me to fucking play that song, yeah. you know. Like and like imagine having to rehearse that. No way. Yeah, he might. The piano player might not even have been listening to the track. No, like, he, he just didn't. played. There's he no just he played did. it in the room and then walked out. <laughs> yeah. With 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 yeah. last slice of pepperoni. You want to hear it first? And the piano player looks at each no. one of their dumb faces <laughs> and their pot bellies and goes. No, uh, I'm good. No. They weren't fat in '74. Come on. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were 1974 fat, <laughs> which is in shape. Right? No, you right, guys. Which were, is like Randy Bachman was always. Uh, I'm not. Just, I'm not joking. He was always like the fat guy in in, uh, in even in the Guess Who. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Guess who ate the fucking rest of the Malamars? <laughs> name from. Guess who ate all the Randy? Randy, <laughs> fuck. The crew hasn't even eaten yet. Randy, <laughs> all the potato salad, Randy. Come really? 
Hey, that's why they call me Starchy Bunker. Oh, <laughs> hey. Starchy Bunker. <laughs> oh, boy. What's the sorbet? Please help us, Damon. Okay, well, Majel, please, please save us. Sorbet. Decontaminate. We do need some decontamination here. Well, up, awesome. All right, so what I'm going to tell you guys about this song, I'm just going to give you... Uh, we'll talk about it more as it starts, but uh, this is you'll definitely recognize the song because it was a huge hit, but this is the original. Oh. So we'll get into the uh, the dynamics of who wrote it. Oh, okay. Who, who, the cover, this version, the other covers of it, blah blah blah. But nice. let's just let's just get started and see if you guys recognize it. Familiar chords. <laughs> nice mellow intro. Nineteen seventy-five. Yeah, 1975. Does this sound familiar to anyone? Yeah, it does, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but the chords sound familiar, yeah. All right. Such a sucker for strings like that in this era. Oh yeah, and you could even guess which which city this is from. Don't be Sounds familiar, oh, yeah. right? It does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What is oh, yeah. this? Oh, Aaron knows it. <laughs> yeah. But that God but damn, his voice is so fucking great. Yeah. Oh, Aaron knows it. Okay, here we go. Don't leave me this way. No. I can't exist. I surely miss your tender kiss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By the way, listen to that bass. Yeah. It's they, they, Do you think that's one of the blue notes, or is that just no? I I, I a can tell you about guy. it. Yeah. So this is uh, Harold. Not just a session guy, but you know what I mean. Right, right, right. It's Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. They were just a vocal group. Uh, they'd been around oh. since the fifties, and in some form or another, doing whatever was the the trend at the time. And uh, obviously, I don't know if you know who the lead singer is. No. That's Harold Teddy Pendergrass. Ah, that's what oh. Harold Melvin oh, right, right. Yeah. was probably like the. <clears throat> you know sort started like cool the band the yeah exactly was like, exactly right, right. jay giles band you know right, right yeah right but uh adore, dude just fucking listen to that motherfucker dude jesus yeah. christ he's operating and, and, and the cover that's famous is from thelma houston Center. okay i was gonna say Glar- no, Thel- i was gonna Thelma say, houston okay i was gonna say gloria Gaynor, but right okay thelma houston 
So the quick Whitney history. Whitney's aunt, right? What's that? <laughs> Whitney's aunt, yes? No, no relation to the. Thelma Houston, is it? No. I thought she was. Sissy so Houston Sissy? Was, was her aunt. Okay, Sissy Houston was her aunt. Okay. And then Thelma's no relation to the Houston dynasty. <laughs> it's one of those songs, too, where you think that it's like that the song is. Like you forget, I forget every time I hear it that like I think that it's going to explode on "Don't Leave Me This Way." Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. it's got yeah. "Baby, My Heart Is Full Up," and I, I I separate those two songs in my in my brain, and it's so neat that they're the that that's the big explosive chorus of that song. It's fucking rad. Well, yeah. I don't want to sound sexist, but um, it, it's I, I like it with a man singing it. <laughs> yeah, it's a different presentation, and I. It's different emotion. I, I like it. The, the so the, this was 1975. Thelma's came out the next year. Yeah, uh, this was kind of an R and B hit, but it was never a, a really a, right, big, a huge a disco pop. hit the way that yeah it was right. a disco then, hit. Yeah, they they mm. what they did with the Thelma version is a they added more choruses, which is the big oh, baby. Yeah, right, yeah. This guy they only hit that chorus twice in this whole song, which yeah. is weird because it's such a killer yeah. banger of a chorus. Yeah, and they uh, added a few more. Tss, tss, tss. Yeah, <laughs> um, and Thelma's version, by the way, lifted this bass part completely, um, hundred percent. But this bit, this bass player. Now, let me talk about these guys because it's I I made the kind of hint earlier that you'll know the city. It's it's Phil, the Philadelphia Philadelphia yeah, say, yeah. sound, and uh, the the backing band for most of those Philadelphia sound bands was MFSB, which stood for Mother, Father, Sister, Brother. It was a group of uh, just <clears throat> studio musicians, who, a collective who all who played on all these songs. Don't really don't really know who the guitars were. There's a lot of guitar players and keyboardists and drummers and stuff, but there's only two bass players in MFSB. One is Winnie Wilford and the other is Ronnie Baker. I don't know which one it is playing on this, but yeah. whoever they are, I I fucking worship at your altar. <laughs> these guys. Are Winnie t- might be a gal too. Oh really? I mean, could be. the name the name could be a gal. Winifred. It could be one of the <laughs> sisters. Could, oh, there you go. Could be. I don't know. This this bass part is like otherworldly, and and it yeah. sounds like it's programmed. It sounds like it's programmed. It's like the like so on it. The 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 technique is just so on point that you think I would say, oh, someone just programmed a synth bass, but nope, it's a real fucking person. So let's listen for a little more. Yeah, let's hear more. So let's talk about Teddy for a second because he, these guys, the Harold Melvin's uh, and the Blue Notes' biggest song, which everybody knows, is "If You Don't Know Me by Now." Okay, and this that was a couple years before this, like '72 or something. And Teddy sings lead on that one as well. Mm -hmm. But that one always was weird to me because, like, you've got these these guys, these kind of four guys going da do da di da. It's really soft and, and mellow, and then Teddy. Was ripping the hell out. Yeah. If you don't know me by now, right, yeah. right, yeah, like and a always, preacher almost, yeah. yeah, right, yeah. And and so his singing style was always a little bit odd to me. Um, uh, not that I didn't think he was a good singer; it just was not my taste. He comes from the the uh, angry terrier uh, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. delivery. <laughs> and so when I hear Teddy singing the verses of this song, yeah. 
He's so fucking good. He just pulls it all the way back, he does, and he's actually yeah. giving you that, that that rawness. Yeah, and then he just you know belts out that fucking course, which yeah. is what that course needs to be belted out. So I'm, I'm on board with him doing it there. Mm. It's just sort of like uh, you know, he. I think his his subtlety in the song is is damn near perfect. Mm. Um, so here we go. Continuing. Yeah, let's hear. It. Hey, hey, hey. It would be wrong to string along. So true. Don't leave me this way. Don't you understand? I'm at your command. Oh, baby, please, please, don't leave me this way. Hey, don't leave me yeah. this way. It sounds like it You're should be... go there, yeah. Yeah. It, then he, then they drop a few more lines in and then bam yeah. they tease you into it. Leave this away, I can't survive. Can't stay alive your love. Yeah, there he's singing very tenderly. Yeah. That's not the Teddy Pendergrass yeah. I'm used to hearing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, boy, that's the the thing that I'm remembering from our childhood was uh, the Communards. Yeah, I was yeah, going to get to that. Like, yeah, I like, was going to get to that. Um, yeah, but they really made a meal out of that hook. That do. When I was uh, putting this this package together. Mm-hmm. This, when I was putting this media package together, yes. um, I, you know, obviously I listened to Thelma, and hers is great. I'm not going to take anything away from her version. That's the most well known version. Um, and by the way, also her version, which adds a little bit of uh, poignancy to it, uh, was, became the unofficial theme song for the AIDS epidemic. Right. Don't did. leave me this way. It did. It was a, right. Yeah. You feel like you'd hear that a lot at like midnight if you were like, cause you know, you'd have to go by rage to get to the troubadour. Yes. <laughs> for ra- for, and, yeah. and for people who don't know, yeah. uh, and, and Mickey's and West Hollywood <laughs> in West Hollywood, uh, we'd be driving West down Santa yeah. Monica. Yeah. You're going yeah. towards, if you're head, you got to go through, they call it affectionately, uh, boys town. I think it was almost always affectionately yeah. referred to that way. Yeah. In my view, um, you drive through there's shitty Hollywood and then suddenly you get to West Hollywood. Suddenly everything becomes fucking nice and all <laughs> the pristine grass at La Cienega. Suddenly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it yeah, becomes right. all nice. And, yeah. and then you continue on and, uh, you pass nightclubs and sort of the most iconic gay nightclub over there. There's all kinds of them. And then the one was called Rage. And it seems like every every time you drive by in my brain, this was the the uh the uh, Houston's version was blaring and out. Everyone having a good time. Right. Yeah, just having <laughs> yeah, right. a blast. Like it's yeah, called right. Rage and yeah. like they're gonna have a bad time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. This is like a, an explosion of ro- of rock and, and boogie. Um, the the commune are I listened to all these versions. When, uh, it was them, right? Not Bronski beat. <clears throat> yeah, and comment th- it sucks. It's really a bad version of this song, and and I, I it, of course it was number one hit in England because everything shitty right. is a number right. one hit there. But <laughs> uh, it, I, but I remember it from K Rock, and Aaron and I will go, kind of bat this back in friendly friendly uh, uh, disagreement on this, but. That, when I hear the Communards version, which is 86, mm. that's exactly what I'm talking about when all of these good bands from the early 80s got shitty. Right. And so <laughs> Bronski Beat was a really good band. I like yeah. They're sy- yeah. very synthy, you know, yeah. um, but but there's a kind of dark melancholy to their stuff. Mm-hmm. And his voice was so cool. 
And then he did this shitty cover of this song. Uh, and I just, that that's what I'm talking about when I said the 80s just went bad, went south after like 84. Yeah, I, think they, I think those people were trying to get, they, they had our artistic credibility and then it was time to get paid. Yeah, <clears> that's my theory that's on probably how right. Scott, mm-hmm. like Human League and, and them, they just started to go like, hold on a second. Let's even all of this out. You could you could argue that the, the police did that very well. They took the angles out and, you know, did something very, very, did their, their straight record, uh, with no reggae influence made all the money. So <laughs> Yeah. Right. So anyway, uh yeah, the Commune Arts version sucks. I I don't recommend people listen to it unless you want to get annoyed. Do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, and that was all synth anyway. I mean mm-hmm. so I remember that now. Okay, I didn't I didn't know what you guys were talking about and now I do. Yeah. yeah. It was it was in the mm-hmm. but that the Bronsky B guy, I don't even know his name, but he he had a fantastic voice. Jim, very distinctive, Jimmy? very unique. What was it? J- J- Jimmy? Jimmy Oh Jimmy something, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. I forget. Anyway, let's keep listening. So right here it breaks down. Now you would think at one point uh, this is like a I don't know the five fifty version or something. I think there's a the actual album version goes for like eleven minutes or something. Probably yeah. And uh, you would think at some point that chorus is such a monster they would want to go back to it just to kind yeah. of end. they never do. They just kind of jam out. Teddy Teddy does some cool vocal stuff. Um, so we'll we'll keep listening for for yeah. a bit. Um, but. Uh, I'll tell you real quick. It was written by Gamble and Huff, who are legendary songwriting right. and producing duo. And their their songs that you'll know is like "Expressway to Your Heart," "The Expressway to Your Heart," right? Early or late sixties, and then "If You Don't Know Me by Now," mm-hmm. and "When Will I, I See You Again?" Oh, when yeah, will I, that's a great one. Yeah. And uh, and then of course you'll never find oh, the Lou Rawls song, yeah. yeah. And Enjoy Yourself by the Jacksons. They wrote that one, too. Wow. Now, this one and uh, Me and Mrs. Jones, which is, we all know that one. Yeah. Uh, Gamble and Huff wrote with a songwriter named Carrie Gilbert. Mm-hmm. So the credit to that guy for like his two, his two main contributions to popular music are don't leave me this way and me and Mrs. Jones. I mean, you could retire after that as far as nice I'm concerned. house in Malibu. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, yeah, I mean, even Gamble and Huff probably wrote a bunch of turds, but but uh, Carrie got in and got out. I guess is the point. Smart. Yep. Here we go. Right now, say I did. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was listening to this, I thought that it sounded like burned his hand like on a ten, stove. <laughs> well, no, no, well t- he actually stubbed his toe, <laughs> and he was hopping around on one foot, going ah. ah, ah. <laughs> somebody sleeping in the other room so he's like gutturally keeping it inside a little bit fucking fool who is here love it baby see your love your love there's Teddy there's Teddy. Yeah, you, you could really hear how funky the guitar is here, though. You couldn't hear it in the other parts. Yeah, when it breaks it, down. Yeah, yeah, you could really hear yeah. it with the, the work that guy's doing. Yep. Your love is so important. Important to me. 
right. <laughs> yeah, they they, they need to hit hit another chord. Yeah, right. yeah. I might even edit. Chorus, right? I might make an edited version, like sure. our version, where we it want just, the chorus yeah. to come back yeah, in, yeah. where it goes, <laughs> Stop, baby, right, right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm minding this. No, but yeah, it's a good jam out. Yeah, right. By the way, they hired... uh, This is one little anecdote I thought was funny. Um, In 1970, five years before this, they recruited a young Teddy Pendergrass as the drummer of the band for Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. And in a personnel move that can only be described as Phil Collins-esque, <laughs> they brought the drummer up to be the lead singer when the lead singer quit the band. Yeah. That sounds like a kind of a it's Genesis a, thing you going sing? on right there. All right. Well, fine. <laughs> so uh, Teddy started off as the drummer huh. and then uh, moved up to lead, lead singer. Wow. that bass it, when, when it totally breaks down like this so good <laughs> oh, fuck. this 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 guy or or girl who i don't know if it's if winnie's a man or if it's the other guy ron but who are the man, fuck I hope doing it's a it? gal me too me too so fucking amazing yeah like the gal in um fanny oh the, the band fanny yeah yeah the, totally early 70s yeah yeah maybe it's her i like to believe it's her okay <laughs> At this point, we just kind of fade out with uh, this ex- This whole section goes for another actual five minutes, but we're almost done with the song. And it's just Teddy with a bunch of reverb on his voice and this funky breakdown with the congas and the, and the bass. See where... I don't want you to go See, I love you You can't go Will you stay with me? Stay, stay, stay with me. The guy fucking operating with those those poppy offy moments on the uh, on the road. Yeah, I was going to say, is that the road or the Wurlitzer? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So there you go, guys. A little uh, little sorbet for you after wow. that. Thank you, boy. It's coming off of the uh, two incredibly soulless songs, uh, <laughs> running smack dab into a wall of soul. <laughs> it's triumphant that song. Yeah, they ain't, yeah. they ain't getting over. Teddy's not letting him over. No, no, it's not no, triumphant. No dice. <laughs> Shallow. Do not dive. You know, one thing I uh, did occurs to me about that is is. Um, like the the Thelma Houston version, what really makes it for me is in the chorus how the singer Teddy or her are a little bit behind. They're little. He's a little bit behind the the whoever's singing the chorus. Oh, the group is singing. And, and yeah, yeah. He's a little he, bit behind yeah. them. And there's yeah. something about that that's a really great technique that really works yeah. in this chorus. And also the, Prince would do that a lot. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit behind it, and um, that that the also that. It's unfair of me, I suppose, but this is how everybody feels about it. That the once disco co and this is a good a good 
example of this. Once disco co-opted this, it became something else. I mean, much like all, I guess, the BG songs that were all not written for that, and then they became that. And it became something negative because it <laughs> right. was disco. And this almost it has the same disco beat, opening the hat on the ends. And the funky bass. And the funky bass, but there's something better about this that doesn't have that dust on it. It's like, it's almost it like how be, we were describing the difference between like jive talking, yeah, right, BGs and yeah. and uh, like staying alive BGs, right, yeah. It's, like it got not that mm-hmm. there's anything wrong with staying alive. It's a fucking awesome song, but it's very slick. Yeah, it is. And jive talking yeah. had the rawness, and I think this Harold Melvin version it does is very raw. Yeah, they don't even bother to go back to the chorus. No, you know what I mean. You, it, I'm, I guarantee you Thelma hit that three or four times. Oh yeah, <laughs> right? for sure. And it's a great chorus, but it it, it has that sheen on it and, and it, yeah yeah and this gives me a different perspective of it so thank you yeah. oh you're yeah, very yeah, welcome yeah, yeah. <laughs> my sorbet is 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 for the world to enjoy yeah it is so yeah i guess we'll uh wrap up uh episode here we go these go to 11 episode number 11 <laughs> is is now in the books Bring. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh, Ear and Loathing, go to our website, earandloathing.com, where you're going to find all the information you're ever going to need to know about this idiotic show. You can go on social media and, and poke around and see what we got going on, which is a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> and uh, uh, thanks for listening to Ear and Loathing. I'll bid adieu to my two Gitmo bros here, and we'll see you next week. See you later. Bye. Ear and Loathing. I'd run through a wall for Coach Pipitone. I'd run through a wall for the guy. I would. <laughs> Mom! Take it easy. Lower it. I don't I'm not going to lower it. I have to do this now. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. Tune in next week for more Ear and Loathing. End transmission. Goodbye.